It's time for the Hammer Down Show with Jared Jesselitis. Oh, yes. And what was that beginning, middle, and end part again? Streaming online at 1017thehammer.com. All right, sounds good. Let's do this. I mean, there's he covers everything here, so we'll we'll talk with him. That's coming up in about 15 minutes. Let's go ahead. We'll get started like we always do with need to know news. Here's your need to know news. All right, let's get started with some good news for the uh, White Sox today. Tim Anderson activated uh, from the IL. Sox need him too, as the Twins are in town. I have not seen that he's. They haven't said that he's going to start, so I guess I shouldn't throw that out but I can tell you that they made a series of moves here about an hour ago 11 roster moves and that they reinstated Tim Anderson from the 10 day injured list doesn't necessarily mean he's going to start doesn't mean he won't play it is what it is but you like to see him back there. I mean, I've told you the analytics on this before. Like, with him and with him without the, in the lineup, we're talking almost like it's over a run average per game that they're losing without having him there. It's crazy. Uh, Joe Ryan taking on Michael Kopech tonight. Twins minus 170 favorite. Even after we got that news that Anderson had been activated, I, I've been watching to see if anything had really changed and. And it hasn't. It's been sitting right there. Uh, got an 18-mile-an-hour wind out to center right center tonight, too. Oh, boy. This might not be great for the White Sox. Kopech's whip is like a 171. It's even crazier at home. This might not be great. Uh, Cubs made light work of the Nats yesterday, 5-1. to one. Uh, Dansby Swanson, Ian Happ, homered. Smiley went seven innings, six hits. Just gave up a solo homer, just two strikeouts. Game two tonight, 7.05, the Cubs a minus 140 favorite. Wes Nesky takes on Trevor Williams. Williams, just four and seven lifetime versus the Cubs with a 5.19 ERA. Not all of those games have been starts. If you want to boil it down to starts, it goes to uh, three and six lifetime against the Cubs. Still, he's not good. Uh, a lot of Cubs in the lineups with uh, good history against him. Ian Happ batting 286. Bellinger batting 375 with two homers and eight at bats against Trevor Williams. Barnhart, uh, 375 lifetime against him as well. They're going to have a 10-mile-per-hour win out to uh, right field tonight in D.C., so Bellinger might need to be on your card tonight. Uh, producing your Peyton Snowberger. Seager graduate, too. Fought through wind, snow, rain, cats and dogs living together. Complete chaos in the second uh, U.S. Open local qualifying event at South Bend Country Club. Or he finished second, I should say. Uh, So he'll advance to sectional qualifying next month at a site to be determined. 
Snowberger shot two under 69. One of two players under par. And one of the uh, five players among 84 uh, that started the round to advance to the next stage on the road to the LA Country Club. Snowberger is now going to play in sectional qualifying June the 5th at uh, one of 10 courses around the country. He wasn't the only one either. Former uh, Purdue alum Harrison Love, shout out to Cole Bradley, did the same out in Farmington, New York. Weather was a tad bit nicer out there, but still, uh, he is uh, in this hunt as well. So same boat as Snowberger. Salute to uh, both those guys. And that's it. It's kind of a light day. That's our need-to-know news for this uh, Tuesday, May the 2nd. Good day today, man. I'll tell you what. Sun turned one today. I'm excited about that. It's a good dude, good trooper. Hadn't been feeling too good over the weekend, like a little stomach bug just dropping absolute heaters on me, but uh, still love the guy. You should go follow me on Twitter, by the way. I'm at Jared on 1017. I, uh, I, I got an old picture out here. That's uh, me and my dad when I was like I was probably a little over one, and then I compared it with me and my son, and it's just like there's no there's no going on Maury and dodging this paternity man. It's it's so linear. It's not even funny. I mean, look like clones of each other. It's crazy. So yes, happy birthday to my big guy Jet. All right. Um, Last night, it was three for three. Thankfully, the Rangers were terrible at uh, scoring goals last night, so we stayed on the under five and a half there. I talked myself into that Cubs game, and I'm glad I did to that. And uh, what was our third one? Um, the I said the under on Steph. I was under on Steph Curry. The assist was that my play yesterday? I know I played that one. I thought I had a basketball one. I think that's what we did. I just remember being three for three. I'll go back and double check. We had a good day yesterday. How about that? Good day today. Let's go ahead and do it again uh, with our friends at DraftKings who just have an insane amount of boosts again here. Superstar boost tonight for your Lakers and uh, Golden State. LeBron and Steph, 60-plus combined points, boosted to plus 140. Of course, they give you the no-sweat same-game parlay or same-game parlay X. Uh, that you get into 33% for all sports boosted tonight. 20% chance or 20% boost uh, on a uh, run in the first inning or no run in the first inning in Toronto and Boston. 25% boost back on any pregame and same game parlay bets for tonight's hockey. Plus 200 odd surge on any first goal score in the NHL tonight. Race to 2-3. Steph Curry, first player to record two plus three-pointers made tonight. You can bet that. That's just a promoted bet. But you can see we've got a lot of stuff going on here. So let's start in the NBA. There are two games tonight. Again, upset City last night with the 76ers. So I think some of you might be inclined to try to take the Lakers tonight. That is not the bet that I want you to get on here. I think I'm going to take the Warriors and minus four and a half. LeBron James, four and 14 straight up in road game ones in his career. That's not good. The Warriors are 21 and four in game one since Steve Kerr took over. Okay. Now there is something to be said 
for fading teams coming off of Game 7s. That's a pretty solid trend. But keep in mind, too, LeBron is 0-4 in Game 1s against the Warriors. Golden State 19-2 and in home Game 1s. They've won those four matchups against James' teams by 8, 11, 22, and 10. And this is not the Grizzlies. So, yes, I think you could take the four and a half here today. Um, the history tells you that that is the bet. So I'll go ahead and I'll jump in on that. That, that That's my play in the NBA. Over to baseball. Tim Anderson back, back. I don't know. But I do know this. I'm taking Minnesota tonight. Minnesota 5 and 0 straight up and against the spread. When Joe Ryan starts, that means Minnesota minus 1 and a half. Ryan with a 2.57 expected ERA plus a 4.9% barrel rate. Pretty darn good. Kopech, not great. 7.01 ERA. His expected ERA is another 2... It's 9.89. Bullpen, it's not even close either. Sox bullpen has been terrible the last 14 days. They're 28th in ERA over the last two weeks. Byron Buxton's the guy everybody's on tonight, hitting 308 in his last 10 with five honers and 11 RBIs. Righties are hitting off a of Kopech at a clip of... 354. He has just eight strikeouts versus right-handers as well. His whip at home is 2.17. How in the world are you expected to do anything with that? Now, let's not forget, you can get a, another one of these boosts here tonight on the same game parlays for the more legs that you add. Be careful. Don't get greedy on some of these and try to put some layups in there and think that, you know, that extra 10 or 15, you're going to get percent off the extra leg for adding something that's like minus 400. It's not worth it. Trust me. But let's say, for instance, tonight, you wanted to use that boost with some of the stuff that we're talking about right here. If you want to be conservative, take the Twins minus the 170. Go ahead, take your Byron Buxton to get a hit at minus 220. You can go to your pitcher props here. Kopech on hits allowed. Five plus at minus 120. He usually covers that and almost he's covered that in almost every start except for one this season. He loves to throw that fastball. It's just turned into such a meatball here. And he just doesn't seem to have that swing and miss stuff right now, especially against the right-handers. Hits he's allowed per game. He's five starts, 6-6, six, 6-2, six, six, and 8. So I think you're getting out of the steal at 5. That puts you at plus 255. You use your bonus right there, 20%. That gets you to plus 306 on the same game parlay. Twins money line. Byron Buxton gets a hit. Kopech over five hits allowed. If you want to get a little greedy, take the money line. 
That'll bump you up just uh, a little bit there if you want to get them to cover that minus 105. Uh, you still get the, uh, what, the 20%, but instead of plus 300, you're at plus 372. I don't need the extra. I don't need the extra half there. I keep it on the money line. No need to get too greedy at that point. That's the safe play right there. That's what I'm going at. Cubs game tonight. Um, I like Bellinger a lot. I told you, Bellinger's got good numbers. So I think if you want to throw him in someplace to um, uh, to to get a hit, to get an RBI, or even a homer tonight is not a bad uh, is not a bad play. I'm not going to give him the official, but I do have him on a uh, like a round robin for homers tonight. But I think you take Golden State tonight. I think you take the Minnesota Twins tonight. I am also uh, pretty high on. Here's my underdog pick of the night. You ready for the Angels? I have no idea how in the world the Angels are underdogs tonight in St. Louis against Steven Matz. They're plus money. How? I'm I'm shocked by that. Matz is not good. Patrick Sandoval is much better. Now, the only thing that Matz does good is he handles lefties very well. Right is hitting 345. I mean, that's insane. Anthony Rendon, who has not been a good hitter lately, is 10 for 31 lifetime with seven RBIs, four home runs. Brandon Drury is five for 11 lifetime. That's 455, a home run and four RBIs. I mean, he's not great. He's given up a homer in each of his last three games. He's walked 10 guys over the last three games. And they have like an 18-mile-an-hour wind blowing out to right field. Not to mention the Cardinals. Not a great team. They should be so much better, but they're not. So those are my plays tonight. I'm taking Minnesota, and I'm combining them with the Angels tonight on a two-leg parlay. I'll take... I'm a... I'm fading LeBron tonight. I'll take the Warriors. Give me the four and a half there. We'll cover that. Those are the three official plays here for tonight. But again, I'd look at Bellinger tonight. I'd look at righties uh, in St. Louis for the Twins. Or not the Twins, the uh, Angels. Although uh, Rendon has not been good lately. Drury's okay. But boy, I don't understand that one. So there we go. We're going to take a little break. Come back. Sam King, he's next right here on the Hammer Down Show. 1017 The Hammer and 1017. And we're back on the Hammer Down Show. 1017 The Hammer, 1017thehammer.com. Right over to the Hammerhead Hotline we go. Sam King of the Lafayette Journal and Courier is with us. Sam, hey, buddy. It's always great to have you here on the program talking local sports. I know we're getting towards the uh, the end of the high school and uh, collegiate spring seasons here, but uh, still plenty to talk about. I, I want to get started real quick with uh, baseball because they did have the sectional draws come out uh, on Sunday. It, it seems like McCutcheon got themselves a very nice draw in sectional seven. Just got to beat Marion, and then you're in the championship game. 
Um, the the Harrison and Jeff matchup in round one is very interesting as well. And you know, I know Logansport ain't too shabby either. Uh, I mean, just McCutcheon seems like they got a real gift with that draw. Yeah, uh, you look at these things, and you're always like, you want your best pitcher in the championship game, but also I've seen a lot of teams in the past who kind of thought, well, we'll save our best pitcher and go out with a number two, and you end up getting beat. So, um, you know, there's multiple philosophies there. Um, I believe you just you have to win the first game to get to the second game, and if you go out and use your ace and, you know, an inning or two in, things are looking good, maybe you – you save them, but um, yeah, uh, that's that's a beauty for McCutcheon, which is a, a really good team that might have been the favorite to win that sectional anyway. And now you look at that draw, and you think you know that that is a uh, a nice little path there um, that should should benefit you. But uh, this is a thing that last year I thought McCutcheon was going to win the sectional, and I actually walked down to the McCutcheon dugout to get a reaction as soon as the last out happened, and uh, I think there's a. You know, a miscue in the field where just lack of communication, keep Harrison alive. Harrison ends up winning, and uh, I'm on the wrong side of the field to see everything kind of play out. So uh, you never know with baseball especially, um, but it should be exciting to say the least with, with, as you mentioned, a lot of good teams in there and a lot of teams that know each other pretty well. Uh, Over in Sectional 20, which is the home for West Lafayette, uh, I know this is, hasn't been the ideal start to uh, the tenure of uh, Coach uh, Coach Wood. You know, we love that guy. Had him on the program. I, I know that's uh, you know it takes time to get into this thing, get your philosophy, get everything working the way it, it, it does. Uh, some signs of life lately out of them, but uh, they could have used the same draw that McCutcheon had. Unfortunately, you know they'll start with Twin Lakes and then have to take on you know Western or Northmont, so they've got the long way to go here. But uh, where do you set the bar at here for West Lafayette? Well. If West Lafayette can can get the pitching, um, you know that's that's really what it's all about in the postseason is uh, is the pitching, and uh, I think that that's a possibility where you know maybe is something that can be a strength, and then you uh, you just you know maybe you gotta hopefully put in a, a couple runs. Uh, however, you manage to do that, and and you're okay. Um, hasn't kind of worked out that way in, in recent years. West Lafayette is a team that. I always thought was kind of primed to be a you know a, a baseball power in this area, and it's been kind of spurts where there's two or three years where the team's really really good and, and at that level, and then some years where um, you're struggling to kind of find your way. And then uh, last year, I really felt like it was a team that, that could do some damage, and uh, it just didn't happen. And now you're right; you have a new coach um, who's he knows a lot of these kids pretty well, but it, it still takes time for them to adapt and things of that nature, and um, and let's be honest, West Lafayette plays a pretty tough schedule as it is, too, so um, that probably plays a little bit into uh, the win-loss record uh, being what it is right now, but um, it's, it's really kind of a, a wide-open thing where I don't know if I could pick a team that I would say, yeah, that team's going to, to win that sectional, um, which uh, the one you're probably going to refer to next uh, I don't think is the case. Which is which is Western, right? Is that we're talking. I mean, they've only allowed thirty runs in fourteen games this season. Seems like the defense has been pretty good out there for those guys. Well, yeah, but uh, that said, uh, I've seen a lot of times where, as I said, pitching is key, and uh, you get one game where a pitcher's on, and, and that's all you need. Um, I think it was the Hoosier Conference Championship last year, and, and everybody thought Western has this Division One pitcher that's just going to mow down Central Catholic, and uh, that, that wasn't what happened. So. 
Um, and then a lot of times, if you can jump on a team that's not used to being in that situation, um, you can kind of put them on their heels a little bit too. And um, but Western is, you know, traditionally a, a baseball powerhouse. So you would say probably if you're picking a favorite, that would be the team. But uh, again, you never know. Sam King for the Journal and Courier on the uh, Hammerhead Hotline right now. And then, of course, uh, there's this uh, little uh, startup program here, uh, Total Unknowns. It's uh, the Central Catholic Knights. Uh, they are in uh, sectional 54 with basically, I mean, this is all like the Wabash River Conference. And uh, they, they have to be overwhelming favorites in this thing, Sam. I don't think there's one, maybe one team that's 500 or better in, in this, uh, in this uh, whole sectional here. And then it's Central Catholic, who's just... You know, the defending state champion with a lot of those guys back, too. Uh, they should cruise through the sectional, correct? Uh, I would think so. Um, again, baseball is a, a random game, but, my gosh, I went, I've seen CC play a couple times, and they're really good, uh, really good. Um, a lot of kids that were playing on a team that, as you mentioned, won a state championship last year. So uh, good and experienced with postseason experience, know how to win, uh, it's a program that um, is, you know, with Coach Bordenay now being there for, what, 20 years or so, uh, it has run, uh, you know, kind of a tight shit, but you play in that program, you know that you, uh, you play that way, and uh, it's going to lead to a lot of wins. And I don't think that the, the program's ever had a down year since uh, kind of getting that first state championship about 2004 or whatever it was. Um, and it's almost that time kind of a, a surprise when Central Catholic gets beat in the postseason because it, it's so rare to happen, at least early in the tournament. So I would expect that to kind of be the case again where uh, Central Catholic's got a team that's capable of uh, of making a run. We are talking with Sam King of the uh, Journal and Courier on the Hammerhead Hotline. Let's uh, move over some Purdue football talk here. A uh, nice uh, draft weekend for them. I know nobody in those first couple of days, but... Uh, to get uh, those five guys through and into teams and drafted, I, I think is great for the program. Um, maybe not the order that we thought they would go, but uh, they all go someplace. Uh, we discussed a little bit yesterday, Sam. When it comes to those five guys, who who do you think ends up in the best situation? Uh, I would say, gosh, I really like Corey Trice, but when I look where he ended up getting drafted, um, I don't know that he's going to play a whole lot, at least initially. Um, probably Jones is in a great situation. Uh, he could be a little uh, block guy for for what they've got there. And Joe Burrow's got a, another weapon on a team that's just loaded at receiver. So um, you're not going to go out and expect him to, to you know catch ten passes for a hundred yards. But I'm sure that there will come a time where, because of the other weapons they have, he's just going to get a lot of targets and uh, you know surprise some people. So I didn't know that he was going to be the, the first Purdue Boilermaker drafted. But uh, when he was, it just kind of was rapid fire after that. And I was sitting there watching the, the first two days and actually told my wife, I wish somebody would get picked on day two. And she said, what does it matter as long as they get picked? And I said, because I know that they're going to get picked, bam, 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 bam. And I'm going to sit here <laughs> trying to write five different stories in an hour. And that ended up actually kind of being the way it went. And then uh, after Corey Trice got drafted, I thought, well, Jalen Graham probably doesn't get drafted and has to – to sign as an undrafted free agent somewhere, which in some ways is kind of better because you can pick the spot where you think, hey, I've got a chance to really make that roster or make an impact with that team. Um, But then the 49ers picked him late, and, uh, you know, it's it's a great haul for Purdue because this is something now when you're recruiting, you can say, hey, look what we just did. We just had five players picked in the NFL draft, 
And, uh, you know, one of those being a quarterback, which we think of the cradle of quarterbacks, but Purdue hasn't had a quarterback drafted in 14 years. And that's crazy to me. Uh, so uh, good for Aiden O'Connell, especially, you know, with the story of where he's come from, being the walk-on eighth string that kind of worked his way up the depth chart, got a chance because of an injury. Then he gets hurt. Then he comes back. And, um, you know, he's got a chance to maybe compete for a backup spot with Brian Hoyer. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, uh, uh, so all you got to do is get past Brian Hoyer, and then you just wait for Jimmy's initial. You know, it's coming. You know, the injury's going to come. I mean, that's, he's got a huge history of that, and all of a sudden, we can see him starting football games here. Uh, you know, by by December. Yeah, I, I think that when I looked at that and thought, you got a thirty, what thirty eight year old journeyman, and uh, and Jimmy Garoppolo currently on the roster, there is an opportunity there to uh, go in and play, and he's not. You know, he's not super athletic and going to beat you with his legs, but uh, when you look at the makeup of those guys, maybe that's not the system that uh, you need anyway. I mean, you look at what uh, Derek Carr did there, and he wasn't a guy that was going to uh, beat you a whole lot with his legs, so it might be a, a good system fit for him. What do you what do you put to uh, Corey Trice falling down to, the, uh, to, to that seventh round there? I know a lot of people had much higher grades on him. Uh, it, to me, it had to be something kind of medical, I mean, you've talked to him multiple times. A smart kid, nice kid. It, 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 I, I just you don't get a really bad vibe when you talk to him about anything. So, uh, any uh, any insight to maybe why he fell as far as he did? Well, he did have the torn ACL, um, but I thought coming back this year and playing as well as he did um, really said a lot about that was that was in the past. And I know it seems like when the draft comes around, people are looking at more reasons why they shouldn't draft you than why they should. Uh, sometimes, and I'm guessing maybe that hurt him. Um, he's not your typical what an NFL cornerback looks like nowadays where, you know, you look at Corey Trice as 6'3 and 200-plus pounds, and a lot of corners are 5'9", 5'10", speedsters. And though he ran pretty well at the combine, I think he ran a 4'4", 40-yard dash, which is, is great for him. It's still not blistering speed for a cornerback, um, and I think that he's really got to be uh, a guy that's uh, more – going to be in a zone coverage type situations where it's, you know you're not playing every down but you're playing situational football where okay we need a, a guy to go out there um for this set or whatever it is and uh you put him in there for that so uh time will tell he, he, you know he got drafted so he's got a chance to go prove himself and it seems like that's kind of been his mo is uh i like to you know when the cards are down i like to go out there and, and prove that i can do it and all all he said after the pro day was I just need somebody to give me an opportunity, and then I'll, I'll prove them right. So uh, he's got that opportunity, and uh, now he's got a chance to go to a pretty good organization. Um, you know, I, I know they didn't have the season we're used to last year, but uh, there's, you know, if you're talking about the NFL as a whole, all time, I doubt there's anywhere you'd rather go than the Pittsburgh Steelers if you just want to be part of a, a winning tradition. Well, of course, the last time the Pittsburgh Steelers drafted a uh, quarterback from Purdue, it worked out pretty well for them in, uh, in, in Rod Woodson. So uh, there's a little bit of history there, so that works out. Uh, Sam, let's go to this, uh, you know, transfer portal is, is finally wrapped up on Sunday. I know we could probably still hear maybe today because it takes a couple days uh, to, to get all that stuff filtered through. And, of course, uh, grad transfers don't have to abide by the window. But, you know, uh, that, that seemed like an awful lot of number of kids that have uh, – uh, jumped in there. Uh, how much of that do you think is just the nature of the portal itself? How much is it that it's a completely new coaching staff and they feel like this is a, a better move for them because of the coaching changes? 
yeah, um, you know, whether it was Graham Harrell or Kevin Kane or Ryan Walters all spring, uh, they were pretty adamant that we're going to go in the transfer portal and we're going to we're going to get guys and recruit over some of the guys who are here now. So I think the spring was really a chance for some of these guys to hopefully prove what they could do. And uh, I believe the coaching staff was probably honest and said, hey, look, uh, you're not a fit or, or whatever it might be once those spring practices were over. And that's why you saw a lot of guys jump like they did. Uh, the one interesting name uh, that I saw in the transfer portal was Milton Wright, who I thought had just kind of ghosted everybody. Um, we wondered what happened to him when he, uh, you know, because of academics, wasn't eligible to play last year. And then uh, I'd been kind of asking around, like, hey, is he going to come back and play? Really talented guy uh, who would help this team. But um, then we finally, you know, hear about him being in the transfer portal. So hopefully he finds something that works for him. But uh, I'm glad to see that he's still out there trying to play football. Sam King, the Journal and Courier. Uh, we're all waiting for our. Uh, we just, you just released the uh, girls all area team awards and stuff, right? Uh, this week, uh, we should be expecting the boys sometime soon. Uh, yes, hopefully next week. I need to. That's what I've been spending my whole morning working on, and uh, probably we'll be sitting at a track meet tonight, trying to perform double duty and, and kind of finish some things off there. So hopefully that will come out next week. I don't know how the dude does it. I don't know where he's got the time. I, 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 he's just everywhere covering everything here locally. And uh, somebody give him a raise for Pete's sakes. It's Sam King, Lafayette Journal and Courier. Buddy, it's always a pleasure talking with you. Uh, you do such a great job covering, especially you know, high school and then all the Purdue stuff on top of that. I mean, I don't know how you do it, but you do do it, and you do a great job. So please keep up the great work, man. We'll have you back on again soon, all right? All right. Appreciate the kind words. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Sam. Take care, buddy. All right, we're going to take a little time out here. Come right back. Scott from Purdue Sports lets us in on what's going to be a busy weekend over on campus with uh, the last of softball, baseball. There's also a fireworks night this weekend, so he'll tell you about that when we come back. It's the Hammerdown Show on 1017 The Hammer and 101. Welcome back. Hammerdown Show, 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. Uh, we're going back over to our Hammerhead Hotline. Scott over there at Purdue Sports is with us as the Seasons are winding down here. Uh, just very, very few opportunities for you to get out and enjoy your Purdue Boilermakers here as we head into the first weekend of May. Uh, Scott, it seems like uh, we got a lot going on on old Cinco de Mayo here on Friday. Both softball and baseball are at home. Let's start with softball. This is the final weekend for softball in their regular season and uh, you can get out Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Some cool giveaways and senior night as well this weekend. Tell me a little about softball. Yeah, that's correct. Um, last home stand this weekend against Penn State um, kicks off on Friday at uh, 5 p.m., and it is National Space Day, so we are giving away Purdue-themed space flags that are pretty cool. I'm really excited about those. And then on Saturday, um, that game is at 2 p.m., and that is Mental Health Awareness, so we are just trying to break the stigma and raise awareness around the importance of mental health. Mm -hmm. And Sunday's game is at 1 p.m., and that is Senior Day. We will be giving away uh, senior trading cards to early arriving fans. I love it. All right. Then over at uh, Alexander, uh, not three but four games this weekend for baseball as uh, they take on South Dakota State. And I know they got some stuff going on over there at Alexander this weekend as well. Yeah, absolutely. So Friday um, baseball game is at 6 p.m. against South Dakota State. It is craft beer night, so fans can enjoy um, 
craft beers in addition to the normal selection. Um, there'll be a koozie giveaway and Ooh. post-game fireworks on Friday night. Ooh. I know. And it's going to be gorgeous out Friday night, too. So uh, there you go. you got to get over to Alexander on Friday night. Lots of stuff going on there. Craft beer and fireworks. Uh, that's uh, that's a great combination. <laughs> Absolutely. Should be a fun night. Um, and I'll continue into the weekend. So baseball still is hosting San Diego or South Dakota State, excuse me, at 2 p.m. on Saturday. Um, Sunday's game is at 1 p.m. Sunday's Bark in the Park, as well as Riley um, Family Day. So there will be an auction of the pregame warm-ups with proceeds going to Riley Children's. And Monday, uh, they have a game at 11.30 a.m., um, and that game is free admission. So lots of opportunities to catch both baseball and softball this weekend. And if you didn't catch all that information, it's available at PurdueSports.com. And we always remind folks, too, that uh, your football season tickets are on sale now, and they can pick those up at PurdueSports.com as well, correct? That's absolutely correct, yeah. It should be an exciting season, so you want to get your football season tickets as soon as possible. Big weekend. you got to get over the Do the double dip on Friday. I'm telling you, go over to softball, start out of softball, Go watch some softball, get your flag, then head on over to Alexander, get your tickets for that, and then get your craft beer night on, fireworks. It'll be a great night for the kids. you got to get out there on a Friday night. It's it's going to be a whole lot of fun. Scott, hey, always a pleasure. I, we're almost done, man. It's it's getting sad. Here comes the uh, summertime and uh, just a few more chances to see your Boilermakers, so make sure you get on out there and check them out. Uh, we'll talk to you next week, bud. Boiler up. Boiler up. Yeah, and really the last great weekend uh, for you to get out there, do like the double headers, do for the two first. So, like I said, Friday night, uh, those the, the space flags look pretty darn cool. Uh, if you go to PurdueSports.com, go to softball, click on the promotions, you'll see them there. Uh, they look sweet. Get over there, support some softball, and get on over there, catch the second half of uh, baseball, watch the fire. I mean, this would be a great weekend, Re- really great weekend. You're running out of chances to get out there and see them too. And this is the last week of our softball, like we said. Uh, baseball's got one more home weekend, I think, after this. It's like the Nebraska weekend in two weeks. So, yeah, you're running out of chances. I don't know where the sports season went. I feel like it just it has blown by since December. And we had so much fun during the basketball season. Um, and then all of a sudden, like, spring is just come and gone. I don't know how it's gone so fast here. But, uh, yeah, last chance, man. I can't believe we're about to close the book here. On uh, the Purdue Athletic season 2022-2023. So uh, get on out there while you still can. Listen, we're going to take one last break here. We're going to come back, wrap it up. Things we missed and more coming up next as we wrap up the Hammerdown Show. Hammerdown Show's been solid today. It's 1017thehammer1017thehammer.com with your host, Jared Jessalitis. Time for the things we may have missed today. Uh, Raheem Mostert. A former Boilermaker says Mike McDaniel was apologetic about not running it enough in 2022. So if you've got him on your fantasy team or you're looking to pick him up, maybe you think about that. Miami was 31st with 390 rushing attempts last season. So, you know, Moser says it's going to be fun playing for him, getting a young guy in there to help out in this offense and teach him. Uh, what it's like to be a pro and utilize, uh, you know, talking about uh, getting a, a young running back, help us win games. Uh, so he's very excited about that. I mean, they averaged 4.3 yards per carry last year. Mostert was fantastic. Let's get him the ball more. Let's get the, give the Boilermaker the ball more in 2023-2024. 
Um, a, a, apparently now we're just figuring out that the Super Bowl ends up being the most watched ever. That's right, the last one, the, the one we had in January. They just now figured this out. Nielsen updated their figures. They moved the audience from 113 to 115.1 million after citing irregularities in the encoding. Whatever the heck that means. Prior record was 114.4 million Patriots, Seahawks. So there you go. You, if you watched it in January, you watched the most tele, or the, the, the most watched Super Bowl in history now. It's May. We're still going back and looking for this stuff? It's weird. A little bit, right? Right. Um, I hate this. You remember Henry Ruggs, right? He was the uh, Las Vegas Raider wide receiver, driving allegedly almost 150 miles per hour, drunk with his girlfriend in the car. They hit the other car, killed that poor girl and her dog. Uh, they've come into some kind of a plea deal here, it looks like, where he'll agree to plead guilty. And this is what ESPN's got. He's going to plead guilty in the case, but they're, they've dropped a couple of the things here. He'll plead guilty one count DUI resulting in death, one count misdemeanor vehicular manslaughter. Uh, and they'll drop a couple of the other ones here. So he's looking at minimum two years. He's been on house arrest since you know, he made bail, which was like two years ago. So it's a minimum of two years, up to 50 years in prison. We'll see what happens. We'll see. But I hate everything about that story. I just do. I really do. And it's always hard for the family to have to, you know, two years you feel like you've kind of got past it and now you're getting everything kind of dredged back up again. Oh, I don't like to see that. Don't like to see that at all. All right, don't forget our uh, plays for this evening. Uh, we will, in the uh, with, with our NBA same game parlay, you can feel free to add what you want into it, but we are on uh, the Warriors minus four and a half. We gave you good good data there on how LeBron is 0 for 4 in game ones against the Warriors. He's 4 for 14 straight up in road game ones. Warriors are 21 and 4 in game ones since Steve Kerr has taken over. And all four of those games, LeBron lost to the Warriors in game one. Uh, eight points, 11, 22, and 10. And he had a couple of monster scoring games in there as well. So we're on that. Uh, we'll stay on the Minnesota Twins tonight, uh, even though Tim Anderson is back. I've not seen that the lineup has been set yet. But then again, I haven't checked since the beginning of the show. Um... ESPN does have a lineup. It doesn't have a lineup for the White Sox, just the Twins. So um, I don't know. Maybe he starts. Maybe he does it. Maybe he comes in and pinch hits. I I would think that if you've got him available, you need him uh, to be available, uh, unless there's some travel issues. But I would think with the day off yesterday, they would have gotten this all straightened out. So I expect him to play tonight. 
Still, I like Minnesota 5-0 and straight up and against the spread when Joe Ryan starts this season. Michael Kopech has been throwing meatballs. He's got an expected ERA of 9.89. His home whip is 2.17. So, yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and take uh, Minnesota here tonight. Byron Buxton's been hot as well. 308 in his last 10, 5 homers and 11 RBIs. Remember, put together that little same-game parlay there if you want to use the boost. With Buxton hit, Minnesota money line, and uh, over... Five and a half or over five plus hits uh, for a Kopech given up there. God, it's like the three to one. So it's uh, pretty darn good odds there. I hockey. Ugh. Do we have two games? I think we got two games tonight in hockey, right? Florida Toronto should just have a ton of shots, I would think. That should be the more offensive of the two games. I haven't dove into it. But uh, that's just a quick gut feeling. I, I also like the um, uh, the Angels as an upset tonight, by the way, in St. Louis. So let's not forget those, all right? Those are the picks tonight. Uh, the Angels, uh, the Twins, and uh, that spread for the Warriors. That's going to do it for us today. Hey, uh, big thank you to Sam King for being on. You can re-listen to that interview on our Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all of that. We're back tomorrow at 3 o'clock talking local sports on 101.7 The Hammer. Cleaning up your yard after the long, hard winter? Tired of unloading your truck over and over? Spring on over to Detro Trailers at the intersection of U.S. Highways 231 and 36, south of Crawfordsville, to find a huge selection of dump trailers to do the unloading for you. From small jobs to big loads, Detro's will have what you need to help make spring cleanup a snap. Visit DetroTrailers.com today.